You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. You can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. So every week, I bring in three of my people to dive deep into the topic of the week. And then on Thursday, it magically becomes an episode of The Dev Show Podcast. So whether you're watching us live or the replay or listening to us, we are glad you're here. And today we're talking about entrepreneurship. Wow, that was like the quickest jump into what the topic is ever. And boy, do I have awesome people today. Uh, I have my friend Seth Goldstein, who is from the Friends of Annie Coalition. But you've been on the show twice now. So I think you're now in the Friends of Deb Coalition. No, I'm and- definitely a friend of Deb. Definitely a friend of Deb. Because <laughs> I've had you on my podcast and I've been on your ancillary fun let's play with swell things so. oh that's right you well how'd you yes. forget that we i didn't forget week. that i did not forget what i was gonna say we did the dev show on swell Swellcast, which i will definitely put in the comments as well but yeah we've had n- numerous interactions mm-hmm. but you are among other things a host of entrepreneurs enigma podcast and you're like marketing Digital strategist, guru, man, person. <laughs> I'll, I'll make them. I'll, I'll put that on my business card. Yeah. I, I don't know that there's all the hyphens, hyphens yeah. in hyphen. the world for that comma, one. Comma, 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 multi-hyphenate. Comma. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't, forget, don't forget the Oxford comma. Oh, never. I never forget the Oxford comma. Yeah. That's a different show. Um, And Kim Miles, who I actually just, you just met Annie last week. Annie P. Ruggles. So you were a new member. Yeah, we had a great We were so lucky. We were so lucky. And then Robbie, who apparently desperately now wants to be part of the Friends of Annie Coalition. Don't worry, I will hook you up. And Robbie's book just came out today. So of course he had to be here talking about entrepreneurship and Zoom. But you know what? I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves because I'm just going to sit here raving about how awesome you are. Uh, let's let everybody else know as well. <laughs> and yet, I think we're going to be a little different today. And let's go backwards. So, Robbie, let's start with you. Please share um, who you are, why you're here, and why you're so excited to talk about entrepreneurship today. Let's do that. Go. Uh, so, I left my day job in the end of 2014 to build a business. And I finally did so when my mentor, Dory Clark, said, you know, it'll be time to leave your day job when it gets in the way of your business. Mm. Uh, and then <laughs> I, I spent the next, you know, five more years. I'd sort of been speaking on the side for five years at that point. So another five years building up my credibility as an entrepreneur and a speaker and a networking expert. 
And I acquired a lot of the things you need, like a podcast and a book and a TEDx talk and writing for HBR and creating group coaching program. So I was poised to be an overnight success 10 years in the making. Uh, my TEDx talk came out in January of 2020. It's about networking at conferences, which is the topic of my book and my podcast. And then no one needed to know these things. So I had to find a new way to show up and offer value. Uh, I hosted a, my first virtual happy hour on March 13th, 2020, three years ago today. And unbeknownst to me, it was going to lead to an entirely new business built on all new revenue streams. I built a, a thriving six-figure company. And today, three years later, I have just published my third book, uh, Break Out of Boredom, Low-Tech Solutions for Highly Engaging Zoom Events. And uh, that's my story in a nutshell. And you got a star, too. Well, you all get gold stars because you're here. Yeah. But yes, you get an extra one for the book coming out. And I forgot that we have Dory Clark in common. I met Dory years ago at Social Media Marketing World when mm -hmm. I worked in that machine, when I worked their events. So um, congrats on the book. Glad you're here. And it's going to be so much fun. Thanks. Okay, Kim. Event Unicorn. Kim, please share who you are, why you're here. Unicorn. Unicorn extraordinaire. Yeah, with, with tech issues. So I hope this is coming through. I hope the lag isn't... Uh, I hope the lag isn't too bad, but um, yeah. So my name is Kim Miles. I'm the founder and CEO of Miles and Heels Productions. Um, I'm a premier event strategist who creates mic drop moments for my clients through live, virtual and hybrid events. And um, what does that mean? What that means is that I'm not an event planner. I'm an event strategist and creative collaborator for my clients. What it means is that for my clients, I, I really bring them all the way from ideation to execution in terms of what their vision is. And the reason I consider myself a unicorn in the event space is that I basically, uh, I'm a creative heart, but because I'm a financial advisor by trade, I actually use both sides of my brain simultaneously. So both sides Ooh. are firing on all pistons at all times. So the business acumen side of event planning for me is just as important as the creative side. And I marry those two skill sets. And uh, I started off by volunteering my services to my local chamber of commerce uh, about, oh God, almost 20 years ago. And about 10 years in after volunteering my services, uh, I realized I could put my own moniker on things and all of these. And that's exactly what I did about nine years ago, uh, launching my production company. Uh, I'm still a financial advisor. I have been for 20 years, but what I bring to my clients is all, all of that business acumen and all of that creative heart wrapped into one and uh, knocking it out of the park for them, whether it be live, virtual, or hybrid events. Awesome. And, and I also need to mention that we met through Innovation Women, and Robbie is also in Innovation Women. So we're we're it's all about uplifting. That. And which is why the show is so fun for me because I get to I get to bring people together who don't know each other and apparently Seth and Robbie live like down the street from each other practically. Like no joke, twenty minutes, oh. like literally, literally twenty minutes away from each other. It's like I know exactly wow. this corner pretty much. It's kind of like I we will be getting coffee soon. Literally coffee, right. not on Zoom, not on Zoom, which is cool. Don't start telling people that Seth has actual that uh, Robbie has actual in person meetings. You don't want to ruin his. Oh, meeting. you're right. <laughs> no one's seen the bottom half of me in three years. You scrubbed up from the record. So, Seth, please share who you are and why you're here. So, I'm Seth Goldstein. I run a um, digital marketing agency just north of west of Robbie. 
in Doylestown, um, just north of Philadelphia, more more north of, of Philadelphia than north of Robbie. Anyhow, I go on a tangent. I have a podcast called Entrepreneur's Enigma, which is all about the entrepreneurial journey. I've had Deb on it. I'll have to get you two on it as well. Um, and I have a newsletter called Marketing Junto, even though it's technically Junto, but I call it Marketing Junto. It's a newsletter that comes out weekly on Wednesdays. And then I'm also potentially, actually not potentially, I'm actually working with a new startup called Our Public, Public Assembly. It is a way to uh, grassroots your effect on politics and on civic duties and whatnot. Still mastering the, the elevator pitch. The founder's a little bit better than I am at this. But essentially what you do is you pull your money in the system and you can make a change, make, make change in the real world. So that's coming up. So... Follow me on LinkedIn and you can learn more about that. And if you go to the devmethod.com slash blog, all these links and yes. all these places <laughs> to find these cool people will be here. And I also put in the chat because I did just do an interview with you on Swell, yes. my new toy is Swellcast, uh, which is a micro podcasting platform, uh, which was, I, I basically said, hey, want to want to play with the toy stuff? Oh, okay. yes. Toy, shiny object. Yes. Well, I, I think entrepreneurs and shiny objects and mm-hmm. shiny object syndrome is a real thing because we need to constantly be honing that skill set, getting out there. But I am getting ahead of myself. So what else is new? Um, <laughs> we're talking about entrepreneurship. So what I want to know is, do you think entrepreneurship is a choice? And I know Seth's answer because we talked about it in this podcast, but... You can start if you want, Seth. Yeah, I think it depends on the person. Sometimes it's not a choice. Sometimes you're thrown out into the thick of it because of job insecurity and whatnot. You're like, heck with this. I'm going to do it my own, my own way. Other times you're wired to be an entrepreneur. Other times you might find out that you're wired to be an entrepreneur. So it really depends. I've always kind of had that tinge of wanting to be an entrepreneur, so it kind of happens, so. And what do you think, Robbie? I think that once you become an entrepreneur, it's no longer a choice. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> I think it'd be really hard now. the question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think uh, what Seth said makes sense because I've interviewed a lot of people who started the company in a down economy um, because they, uh, I think there's, there's a way in which we believe, at least uh, for a while, um, that living uh in a in a paycheck world is the way to go for security until like my wife got laid off a month ago right like you know <laughs> mergers acquisitions layoffs like it, it's it's uh things are happening all the time more maybe than even before so i think more people are waking up to the fact that this is a possible option for them uh i've been wired i'm definitely in the wired to be an entrepreneur i mean i was selling bagel sandwiches and candy uh, in high school. So, um, have my first delicious. business card as a junior. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I've kind of always done that. I, I took a detour into 15 years of nonprofit and, uh, put my skills to, to the good cause and then left that to focus on entrepreneurship again, but entrepreneurial the entire route. You want to hear something completely random? And ridiculous. Sure. No, I just had this flash from my childhood because I, I was, you know, who needs a lemonade stand when you can like stack up like a little wagon full of treats and go door to door and feed people. So apparently I was pre-Instacart. Who knew? 
You have the cart and everything. (laughs) Deb cart. Deb Deb cart. cart. Sure. Deb show. (laughs) Deb cart. Let's just keep branding me. So, Kim, what do you think? Um, Do you feel that entrepreneurship is a choice? Um, You know, I think that's a really interesting question. I mean, I'm an accidental entrepreneur, right? I didn't, I certainly, I, I tripped into this, right? So I, 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 my father, who um, is an attorney, and he got out of the the big he got out of the the big firm to go on his own and you know launch his own firm. Um, that was entrepreneurial in nature, right? To go off and run your own business, and I kind of saw that and watched that. But I myself never really dreamed that that would be the case. Um, and then when I became a financial advisor, which was not my training whatsoever. I mean, my, my training is in television, radio, and film production. Uh, that's what I studied. You know, when you become a financial advisor, you're running your own business. So that's entrepreneurial. Didn't realize that either. And then, of course, as I said at the top of the hour, which is how I landed on my production company, I married my two skill sets and I launched a company, right? So it's like an accidental entrepreneurial spirit in me that now that I look back, I realize exactly, I am exactly where I was meant to be, um, which, you know, and we were talking earlier, I know that Deb's had a TEDx talk and Robbie's had a TEDx talk. I've had a TEDx talk. I don't know. If I haven't. No. Come on. But my TEDx talk I'll, I'll get on talks it. a I'll lot get on about the, the non-linear path to getting to where you're going and not being so afraid of um, of bucking conformity, right? Mm-hmm. It's called the big C. I survived the big C conformity. So I'm an accidental entrepreneur, but now that I am an entrepreneur, it suits me perfectly. And uh, right. it just took, I think, a while to know that. So, yeah. It, in my TEDx is the magic of your motto because I believe when you know who you are, what you want, when you set that foundation, anything is probable. It's not just possible. Yeah. Uh, we all can face and embrace change by choice or by circumstance, which is a lot of a lot of the ways or a lot uh, how a lot of entrepreneurs find the path because it's uh, what Robbie was saying. The Dory Clark said, "You know, when your day job gets in the way of your side hustle, it's time to get rid of the day job." And I've always had that that balance, but also the belief that if if you like, maybe you don't love your day job, you start something on the side and you see how that grows. So mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of ways uh, to become an entrepreneur um, <laughs> other than by accident. But I believe that yeah. when you follow that path, follow the things that you love. I started doing goal groups and people said, you're good at this. Can I hire you? There you're you good go. at this. Will you talk at the event? So part of yeah. that is just being out there but also being true to yourself. Robbie, you really look like you want to say I do, something. I do. Uh, so one, I'll just mention my- <laughs> He's pulling my out his very cuff. Yeah, so my TEDx is uh, hate networking, stop bageling, and be the croissant. Um, uh, but the thing I wanted to say was, my wife says she is not entrepreneurial. And, mm. and that is true, but she's mm. also cut from a cloth where she can live with an entrepreneur, be married to an entrepreneur, um, I That's make all my business decisions. I will, I mean, I spent so much money in my book launch and she didn't say boo about it. Like, th- like I, you need people like that in your yeah. life to get yeah. it and believe you and know that you're going to make good choices. And sometimes it'll work out and sometimes it won't work out. Like, so she says she doesn't have the risk tolerance 
but you know, she's a community builder and she acts very entrepreneurial within a company. Uh, even her job search right now is very entrepreneurial and how she's approaching it all networking, and all these things. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like you can, I think it's a question of risk, like, but she, she and I differ. Like, I think I have more control over my life right now. So like yeah. risk feels different than like being in a company where you're just suddenly laid off. Like she's now faced with that. So it is interesting how we, uh, fall into a sense of what we feel comfortable with. And right now I wouldn't feel comfortable. Don't you also feel though, that not everybody is really, they might think that they could be an entrepreneur, but you sort of, you can look at people and say, I don't really think that that person has what it takes. I don't think they realize the significant amount of grit, hustle, determination, conviction, Ooh, the next uh, question. discipline, all of those, Ooh. all those things. Oh my God. I'll kick it off, Deb. I'll kick it off. What does it take to be an entrepreneur? I'll kick it off. I'll kick it off. Please. It off. That's really funny. No, but, you, know, people, you know, people have people have come to me before, you know, where they they want to talk to you about an idea that they have. And I'll be very honest with people, you know, the, the amount of 24-7 thought process that goes on in the mind of an entrepreneur, the four of us, I'm sure, rarely shut it off, right? Oh, God. And that yeah, pure determination. That. <laughs> the the pure grit and determination and motivation and constantly thinking about the next move and constantly thinking about the next gig and constantly thinking about you have to put all those pieces of the puzzle together. There are just some people that really aren't well suited to that type of either lifestyle or thought process. And I don't think that's bad. I just think that somebody could have a great idea doesn't mean they're a great practitioner. Doesn't mean that they're a good executioner. I or, think that yeah. people have a great idea and they could hire great people to help them execute on their idea. You know, that's actually what I found is that I am more of a big picture person and I, yeah, I can do the web design. I can do the digital marketing. I, I whip together my, um, my entrepreneurs and name a website in about an hour, just because I needed to get it. I needed to get it off of one site to another. I'm able to do it, but then I found out that I'm better at the business development side of things. And I'm, I'm a lot slower at building out the websites and stuff. I'm better at the planning of the SEO contracts and stuff like that. And the schmoozing and also the digital marketing and that kind of stuff. But, but to go back to the web design stuff, I have two great designers that I brought on. I'm like, hey, you guys are better at this. You got like one of my guys got a whole website done in a day. I'm like, and it, and it doesn't look like it was done in a day. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it looks really good. It's not lives so I can't share on the show, but um, but to go back to what Robbie was saying, my wife is not an entrepreneur. She's tolerant of me being an entrepreneur, but literally I couldn't run my business. I'm not blessed like Kim is with the right and left brain. I had the right brain. My left brain is atrophied. My right, my left brain was never there. So my wife does all the books. She does all my all my. Like, I do the billing, and almost never screw it up. Everyone's while I'll double I'll double invoice somebody and they're like, well, we already paid this. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, sorry about that. You know, whatever. But she does the book, she does the taxes for me, she makes sure that, you know, the profit loss statements, and she explained it to me like, probably 15 times what a profit loss statement is and how to read it. Still working on on totally understanding what the heck I'm looking at, but I get, I get the gist. If it's a po- positive number, that's good. If it's a negative <laughs> number, that's bad. And as long as it, and if it's the lower it is, as the closer it is to the minus, the scary, scarier it is. And that's all I need to know. If it's really high in the positive side, I'm very happy. And I can go get a shiny object. 
then get screamed at my wife for buying that shiny object. So. <laughs> and, and so, Robbie, what do you want to add? So we've got, you know, the puzzle pieces from Kim and the big picture thinking from yeah. Seth. I mean, I've, I'm fortunate. I Like you, Kim, uh, I am able to to see big picture and get into the weeds. I mean, I, the example is like I'm in the middle of this launch right now. And probably people watching the launch. So I built a launch team of 600 plus people. So there's a lot of people watching this launch. And uh, they probably think that there is someone else who's sending these emails. And it's me. Right. Yeah, and they right, probably exactly. think there's someone else who's like replying to every message. No, it's it's me. And it's not that I can't have somebody else do it. It's that this is about relationship building. It's about waking up my network. If I don't see who's interacting, like I don't want to see a spreadsheet of who's interacting. I want to actually interact with them because that will lead me to think of other. Th this is the yeah. best way for me to use my time. So I have an assistant who's amazing and she's keeping my business running. Like she's doing all the basic things we've done for the last three years together so that we meet and it's all taken care of and we can kind of hum along. And that's the benefit of having a good team. But I am both big picture. I had a big plan and I've gone line by line through lots of spreadsheets <laughs> to oh, pick exactly the person that I wanted to reach out to and think about exactly the message. And um, so, so I've been able to do a little bit of both. And I think that uh, the best way to be an entrepreneur and not burn out is to find people who fill in the gaps of your expertise or your passion. Um, and, and I like, I have a host of podcasts and I'm like, I know how to audio edit. <laughs> like I understand it. I can do it. It is not anywhere near my passion yeah. or my time. It's like, it would take me so much longer. So I didn't launch a podcast in 2015 until I found someone who could do it for me. We're still working oh, together years later. Like that's to brilliant. me, that's the way, like I'm a content creator who doesn't have to think about that piece of it. So mm -hmm. I, it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have continued, you know, you have to know your limits mm -hmm. and find the right people. But my favorite, my favorite thing that I, I say all the time, you can insert all of your businesses in here. I say events are like bangs. Do not attempt them yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. No, I love that. But it's that true. So I mean, true. what Robbie said, you know, Deb, Deb and I met, Deb and I met in Innovation Women, you know, through a, like a networking call. We mm -hmm. vibed. We thought that we had complimentary services. I thought Deb should meet another pal of mine with whom I do a lot of collaboration. The two of them met, and now the three of us are working on a collaboration. The point being, the three of us each bring a different skill set to the table. And so yes. to Robbie's point and to Seth's point, right, acknowledge what you're great at and excel at that. And then probably to Deb's point, where she always says, you know, you don't reach your goals all by yourself. You need your people. Mm -hmm. Rely on your people and don't be ashamed to say, this is not what I'm good at. I need to bring in Deb to do this and Robbie to do this and Seth to do this. Like that's mm -hmm. where the secret, you know, that's where the secret magic happens. Absolutely. I have to add, and I'm so glad you, you mentioned, we call us the three pillars of awesome. I love yeah. it. Because, right. And, and because my specialty is attending engagement, you know, a helping mm -hmm. event managers or coordinators or whatever we're calling it, give their attendees the best experience possible. And I go in and pep talk them, you know, I help them mm -hmm. set goals, make a plan to get the most out of it. And this is, I had someone accidentally call me an event planner the other day and I said, oh. thank you. No, <laughs> my, this is my Deb, lane. Did you I'm in the goal Deb, lane. 
Deb, did you, did you see did you see my post today? When you guys are done, go look at my LinkedIn post to exactly today. It was exactly about that. Don't call me an event planner. That's the post. You got to go see that. Oh, I right love there. it. I exactly. love it. Exactly. Don't call me an event planner. Funny. I'm not. Kim and Deborah, I so I call myself an event design consultant or uh, sometimes more specifically a virtual event design consultant and an executive Zoom producer. And Ooh, similar to you, like I'm, I have, I've been an event planner, but I'm not managing the detailed logistics. I'm concerned about the experience and I've been either on site or behind the scenes virtually because I'm thinking about the participant experience throughout the mm -hmm. event. And I'm not worrying if there's enough chairs in ballroom C. I've, I've had that job or is the coffee coming out on time? Like someone <laughs> has to do that. Yeah. But I need to yeah. think about flow, uh, signage, where are the bathrooms, yes. make sure people know where they're going. The overall strategy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, one of my clients calls me the connections concierge and I'll run a connections Ooh. lounge. So, you know, I think there's lots of ways to support events of any kind of event, but it is interesting how most people from the outside don't know anything about that other than the word planner. <laughs> yeah. And even by the way, even they, event planners are not event planners anymore. They're meeting professionals. So well, oh, do you know what's really funny no. is I started my first I did events for Barnes and Noble. So I yeah. actually was one years ago, which yeah. I, I need to yeah. remember to amp up I wasn't I about mine. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the black sheep here. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, no, actually, you know what? No, I, I did. I have, have planned events though. Back on Twitter, <laughs> back in 2007, I was I ran the Philly tweet up and the Philly tweet up. So I, I have run events before. So it's very synergistic here. There we go. So anyway, um, so we've got, and you answered the next question before I asked it, which is oh. what do entrepreneurs need to succeed? Mm. And Robbie said, find someone to fill the gaps. Kim said, acknowledge and excel at what you're great at. Same question, Seth. What do you, what, uh, how, what? A sense of insanity. <laughs> you have to be slightly insane to be an entrepreneur. Like, I agree. I, I mean, it's a matter of, I mean, sale, like, I feel like sales. It's going are, in the show notes. Be careful what you say. It's fine. I mean, the, 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 the amount of people that are in sales and the commission only sales where they have a draw, we're in commission only sales without a draw. Without a something to, without a safety net. I mean, this is I mean the ultimate kind of sales. Like, I guess I, I would always, call that being positive, being hopeful. Yeah, but that's the thing. I mean, Other you, ways you, of saying that. <laughs> when you but when you think about it, you know, you have to kind of have grit and be willing to say, "All right, give it a year." Like like get into your like if you get, make a side hustle, your your full hustle. Don't do it for a month and say, "Whoa, I'm getting a job." Because the first month is going to be, it's going to suck. But after a year, it's going to, you know, you're either going to make it or break it. After five years, it's really the number that, 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 that kind of works. Five years, you're either going for the gold or you're going to possibly put it back to the side hustle or whatever. Nothing wrong with that. Or you try different, you're going to fail and try something different. Nothing wrong with the fail. Or, you know, but like I was lucky enough for 15 years, I've been doing this. And it was never meant to be a full-time job. My wife reminds me of that every single day. This is, this is meant you meant to get this to get the job, and well, oops. I think I think the one thing, Seth, though, that I, I agree with everything you just said, but I actually think that the biggest piece of the puzzle is having enough confidence in yourself. 
That's true. Yeah, that too. If you don't believe in yourself that you can actually do this, then what, what's the point, right? I mean, you have to have a level of conviction and confidence in yourself to say, I can make this fly because, you know, if we're all sitting here making our own living and making, you know, a good living at what we're doing, we wouldn't continue to do it if we didn't, right? Because we love it. It fuels us. It's a passion. But we have to have a significant amount of confidence in our skill set and our ability to pivot and to do what I mean, look at us. If the if, you know, I started my business well before COVID was ever a thing. It sounded yeah. like maybe a couple of you came out of something from COVID, which I applied. I was a financial. I was a financial crisis of t- two thousand eight. Okay, so that's a pivot, <laughs> that's the right? So that's a pivot. So I think all of that really speaks to. There's four people on this screen that clearly have an immense amount of confidence in themselves in the very best way. And that is, I think, the number one thing that you have to believe that you can do it or all bets are off, frankly. Oh, that's one Ooh, of yeah. one of like my favorite things to say. What is it? If you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yep. Oh, I love that. <laughs> that's great. But it, but it really, it starts with that, that belief and whether it is, and I believe we've all been entrepreneurs for years and years and years mm-hmm. um, and also going with the flow. And sometimes it's following shiny objects and sometimes it's okay. What's next, mm-hmm. but it's all that same uh, entrepreneurial spirit and mindset. Or sometimes it's trying that, something and failing, right? Deb, sometimes it's trying something and failing, right? Uh-huh. You're trying out a new idea. Mm-hmm. You're trying out a new collab. You're trying out a new pivot and then realizing, you know what? It's just as important for you to figure out what's not working and, you know, forego it and move on to something mm-hmm. else. That's a, that's another important part about entrepreneurship, recognizing what's not working, right? Absolutely. And then pivoting from there. Yeah, and then not being afraid of failure either. I mean, because failure is not necessarily a bad thing. Failure is actually a good thing sometimes. When if you're going out, going the wrong direction and you're failing, um, maybe it's time for that pivot. You know that, that you know Ross and Joey. I think carrying this the couch <laughs> up the stairs. I'm gonna hear a pivot. That's what goes in my head yeah, for those yeah. no yep. '90s kids of you know Ross and Joey or Ross and Chandler bring the sofa up the stairs, screaming pivot. That's what I think of every time I have to pivot a project. You know, and I've had a pivot in fifteen in, in the 15 years I've done this. I've pivoted a bunch of times to different things. Sometimes I add some stuff. Sometimes I'm not doing that anymore. So. My second book actually really addresses this because I uh, I had such a quick turnaround to your point, Kim. Like I had a business all about in-person conferences and then I had to find a new way forward. But I'm also a business growth strategy coach. So in March, April of 2020, I was coaching entrepreneurs weekly and then ended up coaching a class of 120 wow. through an online course about how to build an online course that someone was hosting. And so wow. uh, small list, big results launch a successful offer, no matter the size, your email list is all about how do you discover likely prospects and likely referral partners within your existing network, do research calls with them and figure out exactly what they need as opposed to what you want to sell them. Because that's the Mm -hmm. mismatch. So many entrepreneurs have a passionate idea, get super excited, but they don't do that market research and they're overselling. They're selling people a solution that they're not ready for. And that Mm -hmm. never falls on it falls on deaf ears it doesn't actually work and so mm-hmm. doing this step back and like really understand the language the problems and all of that so the book provides step by step including all the bonus content smallestbigresults.com 
Love it. I will add that to the show notes as She's well. She's diligently taking notes right now. <laughs> well, She's you so know, good. This, is, this is what the chat is for. So when yeah. I go through this afterwards, I can just easily right. write, a, pick up um, the best sound bites. I know it sounds right. really funky to call it that, but it, it's trying it to, I mean, entrepreneurship, we could go three hours on this. We've got an hour oh, yeah. ish, right? Uh, it, but the other part of it is it's the embracing, you know, who are you? What do you love? What do you have that is in alignment? This goes back to my happy place. What do you do that's in alignment with who you are and what you believe in? Goals is my thread, you know, goal setting simplified, goal strategy for attending events. For me, it's all about setting that foundation and building Mm-hmm. And when I think about my career, that's, it's still the through line, mm-hmm. but it's where, where you put this. So what, what is your through line, Seth? Hmm. That's a good question. You want to think, do you want me to come back to no, you? Come back to me. Let me think. Let me think on that one. That, that's a good question though. Good one, Dev. Thank you. Think. I tried. Let me more. Yeah, I could definitely answer this. Uh, so no matter what medium platform uh, format, to me, it's all about relationships and engagement, uh, community building, inclusion, belonging. Those are, have been the theme of my work uh, in nonprofit and for profit uh, from groups that I started as a meetup group. <laughs> like all of that's been true. And, you know, in a lot of ways, the shift to online for me, I believe events are about content and connection. It's why people get on planes and fly far away to go to a conference. It's not just for the information, because even before the pandemic, we could get the information from the comfort of our home. I mean, books have been around a long time. Um, (laughs) But, you know, we didn't know before the pandemic how to do a really good job creating the connection part virtually. It was just, you know, 45 minutes of death by PowerPoint followed by ineffectual Q&A and no one moderating chat, which is very 2019. Uh, So I was like, (laughs) I have to figure out a new way forward. I need to, and now, you know, three years later, I know how to do it. I think it's amazing. But three years ago today, I was like stumped. You know, I really was like mm-hmm. at a loss, but I just knew it was critical. Uh, so the through line is still there. You know, the the idea that people don't come together just to learn, they come together to connect. It's so, so true. And this, <clears throat> this show is my favorite pandemic project. Oh, I love because it. this was a Twitter chat, which I sunsetted the end of last year. It was a Twitter chat on Sunday nights and then the conversation on, on Monday to dive deep into it. And I spent like two years after the pandemic saying the cosmic pause is okay. Rethink your goals. You know, yeah. the dub channel, the dub channel. See, there I go branding me again. Um, but a lot of people had that what's next and going back to, you know, what yeah. is the definition of entrepreneurship? The habit with the couches or just rethink what's next for you. Yeah. Do you have your answer, Seth, or is it Kim's turn? My my through line really is, I mean, it's similar to Robbie's, not to kind of, you know, chicken out here, but it is about the community. It's about connecting to people. It's about when you connect, so it's the giver's gain. When you give, 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 or to jab, 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 right hook, as Gary Vaynerchuk says, love him or hate him, whatever you want to do. But, like, it's, it's give, 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 and then maybe an ask, if there is an ask, or it's just keep on giving, because it will come around. It will come around, and when you need it most, people will remember, oh, Seth helped me out 10,000 times. I can help him out this one time at least. I mean, that's my, that's my, big, that's my big play with everything. It's like, this, how can I help people out? 
<laughs> I'm experiencing that in real time because oh, wow. I've been giving forever and I don't think about it. And, you know, it's not about immediate return, yeah. but there are so many people whose names I don't really fully recognize who have been the first to jump into my launch, who've made themselves, they, they've basically gotten on my radar in a bigger wow. way because they were like, oh, you met with me, you know, three years ago. <laughs> And I learned something or I attended their session. I mean, things that you don't mm-hmm. even know. You don't know the ripple effect of the work you've done. That's right. But I also couple what you just said, Seth, with ask when you yes. need something. You have so to. Don't, don't just ask. give, yeah. give, give when you need it. Don't be uncomfortable to ask. And It's the right hook. It's, it's the right hook. It's, you know, you have, if there is an ask. If there I mean, I have 150 given. reviews on Amazon on my launch day. That's my awesome. book's number one in 18 categories across three Ooh. countries. This is not something I did. This is something we did. Yeah, this is awesome. That's awesome. That's that's the kind of power of that. And, and we were talking. I'm review number 148. That's true. But, but I also know that, and, and Robbie, I, I've said this before. I can't believe I've known you, like, since the summer. Yeah. Which is ridiculous that I, I we have so many circles in common. And I think within a month of us meeting, you put up a beautiful review of my book. So, you know, and and what I was saying before we went live is I said, I got your review and, you know, my goal before the show today, um, because you are always giving. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's my I've written four or five reviews in the last five or six weeks, which I don't even I can't even tell you that I had lunch the last five or six weeks. (laughs) Like the day just flew by. But people would write me and be like, oh, and like, if you get a chance, like a lot of people are so transactional. I'll write your review. I'm like, well, tell me more, a little bit more about your book. And so they tell me, I go find it. I put it down, download it. <laughs> I'd be listening while I'm doing my like spreadsheets. Yeah. Uh, you know, boom, write a review. Like I, I think people make it so hard. I'm like, really? As a, as a content creator, it's the least I can do. <laughs> Yeah. It's to follow through on that. If you ask yeah. me, I'll do it. Yeah. And what is the result? Oh, I've got this book coming out. Help me out. But I think if it weren't your nature to be giving, mm-hmm. all bets are off anyway. We would not, first of all, you wouldn't be on my show because we wouldn't have like had that mind melt vibe, right? Right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's more than me. Wow. Well, instead. <laughs> You all can come back. You're all invited back. We'll just throw that out there. Yes, I, I feel like one of those talk show hosts that always has their favorites. I just have a lot of favorites, yeah. right? Well, you're not giving out cars. You're like, you get a car. You get a <laughs> but the point is, yeah. I forgot what my point was. But the point is, if it was not in your nature to be giving wonderful people, and, and I did, I had um, someone else was scheduled to be here today, and and he had another commitment, and I said, Robbie's book's coming out. Robbie needs to be on here because it's launch day and let's celebrate. And if you're listening to this three days later on the Dev show, Cheers. it was just this, it's launch week. We've just made it launch week. So it there you go. Yeah. But let, let's talk a little bit more about this giving. How do you find that balance? Because I know we could, I've had my, my write on online Facebook community for years before that it was in person and a hybrid and we don't need to go all that, but this community I've had for decades ish. No, yeah. I think the community started maybe uh, 2008, but 
my point being, and the thing that I love about my community is every day it's a different, you know, what are your networking goals? What are your goal goals? Mm -hmm. Blog share day. It's, it's ways um, for people to engage in conversation. But as an entrepreneur, I remember my question. We're constantly doing everything. So uh, how mm -hmm. do we find that balance? And when do you say, uh-uh? Hmm. Um, I have to say, uh, there was like three questions in that question. So I don't yeah. actually know what the question was. Could you please reiterate the question? Because you kind of did three different topics right there in one thing. What is the I, actual I, question? That's talent. Well, this is welcome to the Deb Show. Um, the question is, when do you stop giving or do you stop giving? Now, how do oh, you find that that's balance? Easy. Oh, that's super easy. Oh, yeah. oh, if that's the question, I've got your answer. That's the question. Okay. Please. I think early on, you know, uh, this happens to me. First of all, I applaud everything that you guys were saying about the giving and the asking and, and all of that. Because I agree with that. I call myself a serial connector. I yeah. love connecting people. It gives me, in Yiddish, we say great naches. Naches means great pride to be able to connect people. Makes me feel good. Makes other people feel good. And to Seth's point, it comes back to you tenfold. To Robbie's point, it comes back to you when you're not paying attention. And it's just a great, it's just a great circle of life, right? So, but for me, I think a great lesson for entrepreneurs is to understand that fine line of when you're being taken advantage of. Right. So when somebody calls you for the sixth time to pick your brain, it's time to say you can pick my brain when you pick your payment method. Right. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I like after that. a while, after a while, you're being taken advantage of. I mean, there are yeah. going to be some people in your life. There are some people in my life that I don't care what they're asking me for. They don't have to hire me for me to help them. Never. Yeah. Like there's just certain people. But then there are similarly certain people in your life that keep coming back to you and keep coming back to you. Can I pick your brain? Can I pick your brain? Can I have a coffee? No, I'm busy. We're busy. I run two businesses, very yeah. successful businesses. I'm married. I want to see my friends. I want to see my husband. I want to work out. No, you cannot keep picking my brain. After a while, you start to learn the difference between somebody mm -hmm. taking advantage of you. On that same note, I will parlay very early on. I'll never forget this very, very early on. I remember that, you know, pre-COVID, you met a lot of people for coffee. And yeah. I'll never forget that I asked somebody to meet them for coffee. And she said, I won't meet you for coffee, but you can sign up with me for a virtual coffee. And I thought to myself, that was genius. And I have since adopted it. Because if you think yeah. about it, you can meet people for coffee virtually all day long and meet a hundred mm. people. But if you literally took time out of your day to actually meet people for coffee all the time, you'd never yeah. get any work done. So the I point know is, you is first, that, yeah. yeah. Do, I, do I like meeting with people? Of course I do. Do I want to meet people in person? Of course I do. But that's just not sustainable or feasible, right? I think you have to be judicious with your time. And I think you have to know that fine line of when you're being taken advantage of or when you should be helping somebody. Absolutely. Preach. 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 Gold stars all around. That's a gold star. But that's so true. Like, I will not meet with people, you know, like, well, Robbie's 20 minutes away. We will get, well, this is our first Zoom meeting right here. So, you know, we'll get coffee right off the bat, right off the bat. But I'm saying, 
But like, I, I don't want to. I, I require five figures to leave my driveway these days. I, like I, I'm just not that motivated to leave my house. I've built a global network virtually. Yeah. I, it has to be a yeah. lot. I mean, even my local LGBT chamber met like within a mile of my house and it was raining and I'm a, I'm an outgoing extrovert and I didn't make it. <laughs> I know it's happened to me too. This is really I'm very, different. I'm very extroverted. I, think I don't know how that extroverted. happened, but I'm like, oh, really? Uh, I mean, and yeah, I saw them. Go, I don't want to get sense. wet. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of funny. There was, there was one person stark. who will remain nameless. I had not met him in person. I, I had talked to him in a group setting on Zoom and then we had coffee. He ditched me. He ditched me at a delicatessen, and and he apologized what? afterwards. And I'm like, well, that was an hour out of my day. I'm like, from now on, Yay. first meetings are Zoom. Right. After that, I have no problem. I'll, I'll drive an hour down to Philadelphia to meet you. After we made that connection first, yeah, because I mean, yeah. we all have high powered internet. You know, let's use it. I think that's one of the things that's really changed is that while I was on Zoom for years before the pandemic. I I don't think I was leveraging it for mm. not just like local connections that could be not coffee in person, but online, but also people you'd meet at a conference yeah. and then you'd wait a whole year till you talk to them again at that conference. Right. And I would never let a whole, if I, if I hit it off, like I'm, we're going to hang out again. I'm either going to invite yeah. you something that right. I'm doing. We're going to do a one-on-one online. So I, I love that we have that. And that also makes the give equation a uh, give ask equation a little easier yes because we have different levels of give ask um mm -hmm. i before the like back i don't know 15 20 years ago i for years i met in a coffee shop around the corner from my job from nine to ten i had to go to work at ten it was a, oh, a, I like a it was a it was a 10 ish and i would meet <laughs> Rob, robbie off robbie office hours i had robbie office hours and i'd meet with people i don't know between two and six times a, a month I would book calls with my BlackBerry in my brain. And I didn't know I was a coach, by the way. I didn't know I was a coach. I didn't have that language. I mm -hmm. was just, I was doing strategic design. I was doing strategic planning. I was helping with career choices. I was yeah. whatever they needed. And it helped. I mean, my mother was like, why aren't you charging? And I said, it's like giving rides to the airport. You only do it because you have the resources of time and a vehicle and the relationship where you'd want to help them and they would see it as a, as a favor. Yeah. And if you are in the habit of giving rides to the airport one day when you need one, not only will you get a ride, but you're likely to get one from someone that you've never driven because yeah. they see you as the kind of people who gives. And yeah. so I have been mostly lately <laughs> Figuratively, <laughs> not so much literally, but I occasionally literally, I've been figuratively giving rides to airport. So mm -hmm. Deb meeting you and writing your review, that's a ride to the airport. You it know, I love that thing. So when you then need something, I mean, it's not like I I have not done something directly for 600 people that are on my launch team. <laughs> yeah. I don't think. I don't think. You mean? But I think those people see me as the kind of person that hosts things, gathers people, mm -hmm. has a ton of free content. And yeah. that's the other thing that's different is to Kim's point, I don't have to give an hour of time. So back a bunch of years ago, people were picking my brain. How do you host a podcast? How do you launch a book? Well, so mm -hmm. I, so I hosted a free one hour masterclass, recorded it and then made it available. And I said, Brilliant. Oh, you have that question. Here's the link. If you have any questions after let's schedule a call. The handful of people who ever bothered mm -hmm. to schedule a call were actually prospects they wow. had more information about the problem. They knew exactly how I could help them. 
and they got on the call. It was never meant to be a pipeline or a sales pitch. It was really meant to protect my calendar and give yeah. out good content. And I still, to this day, I'm like, here's all these resources that I've I created. Yeah. And then also, now you'll have, yeah, to, have to ride to the airport because Uber now. So, yeah. yeah. That, that speaks to your personal brand, though, because I think that people who give and then are known as givers, it's like I was I was excited to in, introduce Deb to a couple of people. Right. It's mm -hmm. like I got a good vibe from her. I, I didn't know her other than what we met on the, the networking you know, call. But my point was, is like, yeah, I'll totally hook you up with a couple of people that I think you should meet, because when your brand, when you when your personal brand you know, is known for being a collaborative, giving, generous person, you, you know, you, you, you can give freely and feel good about it, but just know what your boundaries are. It's about boundaries is really it's about respect it for time, yeah. respect for time and boundaries. I mean, because we are all busy business people. And so yeah. I would never want to take advantage of somebody else's time. If they're giving me 15 minutes, I've scheduled 15 minutes. And if they're going to go over with me, that's their choice. And I'm grateful mm -hmm. for it. But I'm not well, going to assume know, that You'll have okay a plan for how over. you're going to use that 15 minutes. You'll yeah. be, okay. I mean, I think, right. I I think we all know the people who are, who are takers, uh, yeah. the Adam Grant, right. There's the takers <laughs> and there's the people who keep things even Steven. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel itchy around them after a while. Like, I think that there's a way in which they show up and you're like, hmm, you know, like, yeah, here's yeah. a, Okay, I'm but the people who are generous, like I, I have basically been fortunate to like surround myself with that. Um, I years ago got the concept that my network is an insurance policy. Love it. Because I don't pay the insurance policy premium every month hoping to use it. <laughs> like you don't pay <laughs> for insurance wanting to need no, but the day uh, you need it, it's there. It's good. And so yeah. similarly, if you put in a little bit each month. You know, and this is the same thing. My wife was putting in time while she was employed. All these people are helping her connect in her field. Right. Because she was doing that. She didn't just say, I have a job now, period. She was networking. She was being entrepreneurial. She was offering, creating resources, mm -hmm. networking, connecting. I, I'm just saying that a lot of people really forget to do that once they have a job. And anyone entrepreneurial absolutely needs to know that part because you can't, mm -hmm. you can't Deb, do this. Here you go. Deb, for your... For your show notes, Deb, your net your network is your net worth. We all know that. You know, yeah, your network love it. is your love net it. worth. It is. I had a um an Eona an event outcome optimization, a PEP client on Friday. And she's getting ready to go to a conference this week. Started today, I think. And I said, How's your LinkedIn? She said, I don't love LinkedIn. I said, Okay, oh, what does that mean? God. She goes, Well, it's the minimum. I said, but don't you realize when you meet people? You're going to be able to connect with them immediately with a little note reminding them that this is where yeah. you met because you never know. I collect people on LinkedIn. I, I literally, like literally, Robbie, Kim, we're not best friends on LinkedIn now. I found you guys. <laughs> I I had to find Kim's little avatar and then her smiling face and like there's Kim. There's Can I Robbie. offer a? Yeah. I have a I have a fun little networking tip that I just figured Ooh. out. So for years, I would write a little keyword in the message. So I would know where I knew somebody. So on yeah. a one-to-one, -one, if, you know, if Kim, you reach out to me, I would know, oh, where we met through Deb. Well, I didn't realize that oh, I no. also could really easily search any of those keywords. So oh. I found people who met me through various conferences or from various mm -hmm. online communities. And so for this book launch, 
I don't want, I mean, there are a lot of people on my, on my, you know, LinkedIn. So I went through my LinkedIn private message. I would type in a keyword. They'd all pop up one by one, send them a personal message. Love it. Do the next keyword that's, one by one. That's brilliant. That's and I'm like, ah, oh, I've been planting seeds this whole time. Yeah. It's hidden seeds. Right. You didn't know you had Who knew it? you were such a gardener? Well, you did. Probably. I mean, it's right? just, I, I, but I can't help. But once you know, I don't know, this is me. Once I know something like that, I'm like, I got to tell people. Mm-hmm. You gotta yeah. share it, and that's a giver. Not a giver. That's the giver. Paying it forward. Paying it forward. Absolutely. I love the personal note, and my mm-hmm. my best story with it. First of all, it reminds them where they met you, but more importantly, it reminds you where you met them. It's more important. And yeah. <laughs> I got a message from someone. Oh, we met at an event last year. It was on a different platform, so it wasn't even on LinkedIn. Um, we should have a virtual. We should have a Zoom coffee. Okay, that's perfect. But I knew the name and I couldn't remember. And I went in. It was great meeting you yesterday. Oh, no. So I had to go, looked at the calendar. I mean, it took what? Oh, no, an extra five minutes. But it's five minutes of you panicking. It's going to take an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, five minutes is a panicked hour. And I said, okay. And that was the last time I ever wrote great meeting you yesterday without at blank. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I, my biggest pet peeve on LinkedIn is when people will just connect. I mean, I know on mobile, it's a little bit of a pain that took us and it happens. And you then I immediately then use one of my in mails and say, Oh, I'm so sorry. I just connected. I'd love to meet you, blah, 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 so on and so forth. But a lot of people are just like, Connect, 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 connect. And I'm like, Unless there's a, a very good reason for me to connect with you, if there's no context. Yeah. I mean, I have 4,000 people connected to me on LinkedIn. I mean, granted, I was an open networker at one point, so some of them are like ones that maybe I should prune at some point. But like, all right, so we'll say two thousand of people that I'm kind of know about. I'm gonna add you to that list if I know if you're worthwhile to add to that list, because I'm also not gonna inflict myself on you because you don't know what you're getting yourself into when you when you friend me. But by the way, guys, warning, Robbie and Cam, I write a lot on LinkedIn. It's a warning. I, you guys think, do too, so. I think it's something this entire panel has I'm in good common. Company. I'm yes. in good company. And, and like yeah. I said before, when when I put together the show notes, which you can get at thedevmethod.com slash blog, not only will your websites be in there, but also your LinkedIn. Because yes. I want people, if you're listening to this and interested in learning more about me or my guest, find us on LinkedIn, but drop a note and say that Please. this is where we met. Oh, I have a question for everybody. This is interesting. You just said something, Deb. You want to know what one of my pet peeves is? Yeah. One of my pet peeves is when you go to a conference <laughs> and, you know, so if I'm often, I'm the MC or I'm a keynote speaker. And a lot of times the conference, when they do your bio, they'll only put in your LinkedIn profile as opposed to your website. That makes me crazy. Does that make anybody else crazy? I get why they do it. It's standard, I do it's standardized and because and I've one of my, one of my biggest pe- yeah, but one of my biggest pet peeves is these professionals that are high powered and they go keynote stuff and their sites stink. So the it's well, a safety thing because they I mean, know that LinkedIn just, looks the same. I even even if I go to their LinkedIn, which I do, yeah, yeah. I always am looking for them in other oh of course channels yeah. and presence. So I don't know. It's just that's a personal pet peeve of mine. Oh. I mean, LinkedIn is great. But there's also things about LinkedIn that I don't really think show the whole story, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. 
So I have a half dozen friends who uh, do LinkedIn uh, professionals that could help you with that because there is there's so many new ways to like really have your LinkedIn profile pop out and where's well, pops. I'm not happy with my LinkedIn profile. Oh, I'm very happy. With well, then, then they get there. Uh, you know, they get there, they'll find you, they'll connect with you, and then you can try to, you know, nurture them towards you know, your email list. Ultimately, I don't know why they do that, by the way. I, I've seen it too, but um, I think it's consistency. It's consistency, yeah. I think, is what it is. Is that a lot of the, everyone has who we have here is on. LinkedIn. Therefore, everyone's going to have that URL unless someone comes there and it's like, right. I'm big on LinkedIn, but I don't have a website, which is nowadays ridiculous. Rare. Who yeah. doesn't have a right. but who doesn't have a website? If you're, I mean, um, I don't get that either. Like, who doesn't have a that's website? bizarre? Yeah, I don't know. And, and I just have, you know, my and my bio. It says, you know, find me at thedevmethod.com. I'm at the Dev Method everywhere, or connect with me on LinkedIn. Absolutely. So I have that actually ingrained in my bio when I send it out to speak yeah. because that's, that's where my, I'm a LinkedIn junkie. I will admit it. We do not need a 12 step program because mm. when you're using LinkedIn correctly, yeah, when you look like your picture <clears throat> and it is a resource, not a resume, then it is an even playing field for everybody mm-hmm. to go on to. Absolutely. And by the way, Kim, I love your, your banner. On your LinkedIn page, it, it gets. Okay. I mean, now that I, I've gotten to know you, it gets it totally gets your personality, and, and that's the other benefit. Yeah, right. And, and when I do my my workups for the show, I go onto LinkedIn. I swipe your photos, pick my favorite things about them, and and yeah. LinkedIn is my prep. And yes, I will go to your websites, and they are in the chat and they will be in the mm-hmm. recap, but the LinkedIn, that connection point, because I'm going to bring it back. Can't reach your goals on your own, especially when you're entrepreneurs, you need your people. Let's be each other's people. And before we wrap, cause mm-hmm. we're going long, but mm. shocking. Um, <laughs> I would love for you all to gift a goal um, to the audience, something that they can do today, tonight, tomorrow to, for their entrepreneurship goals. Robbie, would you like to start Sure. Us yeah, out? absolutely. So, um, so I mentioned earlier that I built a 600 person plus uh, book launch team and I had someone respond, I don't know 600 people. And that's probably not the case for anyone watching or listening. Sure. So, um, but it's also the case you probably don't have a full sense of how to leverage that network. So, in my second book, I uh, walk through how to download your LinkedIn contact list, or it could be, for instance, all the people you've met through your Calendly or your OneSub, mm-hmm. or it could be a alumni network that you're in. And if they would remember your name and you'd be happy to hear from them, then you want to consider how close you are, one, two, or three, like your connection. How, how likely are they going to get back to you quickly? Yeah. Uh, their influence in regards to whatever it is you want to talk to them about and their interest and whatever you want to talk about. And that's one, two, or three for all of those. I have clients go through this painful process because no one likes doing it. She went through 2,000 names, found over 200 that ranked a seven, eight, or nine. Wow. And that is basically her entire year of networking is to go through and sift through these 2,200 people 
and that's going to really boost her business. But she didn't know these like and and they're making her think of other people that she hadn't thought of. Mm. So I think that we have all have an untapped net, uh, network as a huge resource that we could be um, thinking about offering more to leveraging um, more from. Mm. And that would be my my goal for everyone is to really think about how to leverage that network. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, so download your list and categorize. So you better mm-hmm. leverage them. So it's, will they remember you? What is their influence? And what was the third thing? So the first two questions is to even get them in the, cons- so there's a consider column. Right. So the two, two questions are, would they remember your name? And would you be happy to hear from them? Would you be happy Ooh, to hear from them like that. out of the blue? If they, if the answer is yes to both those questions, then you put an X in column A, which is the consider column. Then the next three columns are connection, a one, two, or three. Three being they would get right back to you. A one being I would have to work a bit. Uh, their influence. Now, if they're the immediate past president of your local uh, chamber and you're doing something locally, then they're going to have a three influence. But if you're doing something that's national or global, eh, I'll give them a two. You know, yeah. they probably don't have quite as much influence. Uh, and then the last is their their interest in whatever it is you want to talk about, which you can ascertain from just what they post about, who they are, what they do, what their job is, what industry they're in. Again, a one, two, or three, you add them up. If they score less than a five, you you don't worry about them right now. <laughs> uh, there are occasionally people who will show up that are not likely prospects and like not likely referral partners or fellow experts, but you see their name and it lights you up. They're a coffee chat. That's a person you want to have in your list because it'll make you excited you to do these to, calls because yeah. yeah. you want to, but yeah. you can't have your list of people be all coffee chats and right. expect to run a business that's, that's successful. So yeah. you've got to balance it out. Two thirds of your list. Let's say you're going to make 25 calls over the next, you know, six, 12 weeks. Well, two thirds of those calls should probably be likely prospects based on your criteria. Love it. Okay, so ignite your network, and I wrote lots of detail, so you definitely will. And you were mentioning this on your last No More Bad Zooms thing, so I will have you know that I went and I downloaded my LinkedIn contacts right after that conversation. Oh, cool. I'm giving myself a gold star for that one. Okay. (laughs) Kim, what goal would you like to gift? Yeah. So what I would like to gift to all my entrepreneurs out there is to never, ever, ever waver from your true self. I think there are so many people who do run and chase the shiny things for the wrong reasons. Seth, I think mm. you're chasing them for the right reasons, but I think there's a lot of I have too many of them. I have too many right reasons. That think they they think they have to, you know, they think that they have to be all things to all people all the time. And I think that that is the kiss of death. I remember I attended a conference that I was speaking at several years ago and somebody was speaking about social media platforms. And the very first thing that they said was, you do not have to be on all platforms because you cannot be all things to all people. Amen. I really feel like, you know, the, the longer you do this and the more confident you are in yourself and, and, and the more you are true to your genuine self, you are not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I am not the right partner for every organization. I understand that. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to change who I am or what my protocols are or what my processes are and certainly never changing my personality 
just oh, to God, fit into God. somebody's job description. Oh, God, um, this God, yeah. year, there was a client that kept coming back to me and kept coming back to me. And I kept stating my fee and I kept stating my fee because I knew how much work it was going to be. And they didn't want to pay my fee and they kept trying to negotiate with me. And Ugh. there's a place and time to negotiate, but there's also a place and time to say, no, I know my value. Mm. I know what I'm worth. I know how much this job is going to take and how long it's going to take and how much work it's going to be. So I think in the beginning, a lot of entrepreneurs, they just quickly fold or they quickly change their approach or they quickly become what they think the client wants mm. them to be. And they're not doing themselves a service and they are certainly not doing the client a service. Amen. So my real hard and fast rule would be to always stay true to yourself and to what your, you know, you have to have a clear mission statement for what your business is. I know exactly what I do. I know exactly how great I am at what I do. And I'm either for you or I'm not, but there are plenty of people out there for me to work with. Mm -hmm. And if you're not one of them, it doesn't mean I'm going to change everything about me to fit into what you need. Doesn't work that way. Amen. You know, I'm gonna, I don't do this, but I'm gonna chime in with the goal, which is yes. write your mission and motto. The D and the yeah. dead method stands for determine your mission. So it goes hand in hand with being true to yourself, but you need to know who that mm. self is. Amen. Yes. So thank you. Thank you for that. So Seth, goal? Simple goal. Take your LinkedIn seriously. I mean, I, like you don't have to pay the 65 bucks or whatever the heck it is right now for LinkedIn Pro, but go on Canva, make a nice background for your top picture. It could just be, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to be, it could be inverse, like where Kim has her logo as her headshot and then her smiling, you know, jovial Kim self above. It could be, the, you know, how everyone else does it, you know, with their picture down here and, you know, some artwork up top or whatever. So take some pride in it. Cause it's, it's, even if it's just your resume for the time being, it reflects on you. People are always looking at LinkedIn saying, you don't actually know who's looking at your LinkedIn. Well, if you pay, sometimes you know a little bit more. It's a monetization strategy. But, you know, but if you don't, you don't know who's looking at your profile at all. That's like some random person from, you know, wherever the heck it is. You know, but you want to make sure that you're presenting yourself the best way possible, even if it's just a resume for the time being, because you're going to use it eventually. Trust me. Yes. And I love that. And I, I'm going to add one other thing at LinkedIn is you can change your URL. Yes. So it is linkedin.com slash in slash. Oh, please do that. Yeah. Mine's ghost bunny because first of all, I love telling the story, but when I was freelancer, my website was coastbunny.com. So I was branding everything that way. And I yeah. just don't have the heart to change it to something. I recently mine. changed mine from um, Goldstein Media to Seth M. Goldstein on on LinkedIn. And just remember, there's no 301 redirect for that. So when people go to, if they memorize your for old your LinkedIn URL, which most people haven't, just make sure you change it everywhere. Because if they go to you know LinkedIn.com slash in slash Goldstein Media, it's going to get it. It's not found now. But I was like, eventually, I was like, that was that was pre-company pages. There's a reason, and so I was like, eventually, I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Whatever. If they can't find me, they're gonna find me because I talk a lot on LinkedIn. They're yeah. gonna find me. <laughs> I'm findable. I believe we all are because yes. first of all, we have four extroverts. Every now and then, I've got like a 
it's like half and half or there's oh, a the I can't even tell you. Uh, probably when I did Robbie, Bobby and John Chen, we were all extroverts. Although I, I think, um, anyway, digressing, I love extroverts, but even better than extroverts, extroverts who are comfortable on camera being virtual because yeah. people say to me all the time, don't you go nuts? And I'm like, no, I have way more people virtually yeah, than I ever 100%. could connecting <clears throat> in real life. Uh, before we wrap, two other really important items. Please tell people where they can find you. You kind of just said Seth, so go. <laughs> LinkedIn.com slash in slash Seth M. Goldstein. You can go to goldsteinmedia.com. You can go to entrepreneursenigma.com. Literally search for Seth M. Goldstein in Google. Not Seth Goldstein. There's too many of us, apparently. <laughs> um, and I can't get myself ranked. I'm on the second page. I'm proud of where I am on there. But like Seth M. Goldstein, I come up right up at the top, and it's M, not N. My Philly accent gets those two mixed up. So <laughs> Seth M. Goldstein on the Google will find me. So I'm out there. Excellent. And Robbie, where can people find you? Uh, breakoutofboredom.com is where you'll find my book and all the bonus content for my new book. And uh, I would love for people to check it out. And uh, RobbieSamuels.com. And definitely look for me on LinkedIn. Awesome. And Kim, where can people find you? All you'll ever <clears throat> hope to know about me would be at MilesInHeels.com. Of course, I'm on all the social channels. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, but everything about me really is at MilesInHeels.com. And I'm very proud of that site because it really yes. does truly represent me. Uh, and also my TEDx talk can be found there as, as, long, as well as a very robust portfolio to show you the type of content that I create for my clients uh, in terms of videography, um, different writing samples, et cetera, et cetera. So really everything is at milesinheels.com. I love that. Awesome. And it makes you smile too. That, that website makes you smile because it, it's really like, okay. like woo! And it, it's caffeine there you go look look at you multitasking during the show oh i've been multitasking i have three screens so i'm very good at that well i'm so (laughs) proud oh my goodness and as i said before you can go to thedebmethod.com to learn more about me i am at the dev method everywhere on social find me on linkedin as ghost bunny and if you need help Defining, planning, and achieving your goals, or even just figuring out that all-important mission and motto, you can grab a copy of your goal guide at your favorite place to buy books. What a wonderful conversation. I know, I what did I tell you? I knew we could go, I knew we'd go over. Um, before we wrap, I would love one final thought from each of you to just, if you want people to take one thing away from this conversation, which has been so amazing, what would it be? Uh, Kim, final thought? Oh, my final thought. I I just, you know, one of my signature talks is just have the cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. So literally just have the cup of coffee, whether it's in person or virtual, but the metaphor is have the conversation. Just, you know, take some time out of your day to meet a new person. You never know where it will end up for you. Case in point, I'm on this great podcast with Deb. I've met Robbie and Seth, which I'm excited about. Um, you just never know. So my signature talk, just have the cup of coffee really is the metaphor for just give it a try, give it a shot. You never know what's going to happen with it. And it's it most of the time, 99% of the time, it's something good. Awesome. Love it. 
And Seth, final thought? Just be willing to give. And I mean, with I mean, you might have a, in the back of your mind like something you might want to ask for at some point, but don't be afraid to give. Because I mean, I, I know some people are afraid that if they give, they're going to be taken advantage of. Don't don't preemptively think that. Give, and then only when you are taking advantage of, think that well, that was a once-off thing. And most people won't take advantage of you. I mean, most people will say, "All right, can I have a coffee with you?" Great, and that's fine. Every once in a while, you get the person that gets a little overzealous and wants like five cups of coffee with you, but you know. But then the next one will be back to normal. So go that way. It all balances out. And remember, you can have way more virtual coffees than you ever could in-person coffees because you don't have to leave your throne, as it were. Yes. Robbie, final, final thought. You have already met 80% of the people you need to know to be successful. Ooh. Interesting. Oh, I like that. Good one. Is, is this research? No. This is Robbie's knowing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The 80-20 rule applies to a lot of things in life. Mm-hmm. And I think too often we are we think of networking as meeting new people. I'm saying it's about building deeper relationships with people you already know. Yeah. And one out of five people is someone you need to go meet. But four out of five people exist already it might be from five years ago mm-hmm. from five weeks ago it might be yesterday but if you overlook that always looking for more no one no one gets any benefit from having more business cards than someone else like that <laughs> that or linkedin connections yeah. or followers or whatever mm-hmm. like that's not it it's it's about how you connect and engage with people so rather than looking afar i just think if we believe that we will act accordingly and it will come true and the clients i've worked with I mean, what's um, what's amazing is when they start to wake up their network and do this opportunities that they weren't even looking for. I mean, I've had entrepreneurs who weren't happy get great jobs where they get to do the thing they were trying to do as an entrepreneur with the security that they really kind of wanted. You know, like they weren't the entrepreneurial person, but they had a great idea and they got hired. Because I started to talk to people and someone was like, oh, hey, actually, I'm so glad you reached out, you know, like. That doesn't happen if you don't reach out. Yeah. So it's not always that you have exactly a plan. You just you got to nurture and sustain that network. How you you will want to give me a gold star for this because I just did this today. I was mentioning before we got on that I, I'm reaching out to content conferences. So writers conferences, podcasting conferences, places so I can do my path, my pre-event planning talks. And I remembered I had a connection from three years ago with a writer's conference that I sent an email out last week that said, do you still work here? And she wrote back and said, great, this is what I'm doing. Let's chat. So standpoint, I just proved Robbie's everybody's point. She would remember your name and you'd be happy to hear from her out of the blue. So why not reach out? You're reached out. Boom. We'll see, Cause it's only, um, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. And if you don't get, you don't get. So you <laughs> Bam. Yeah, boom. Well done. What a wonderful conversation. Well, thank you Great. so much, Kim Miles, Seth Goldstein, Robbie Samuels, for joining today. Thank you for whether you're watching or watching the replay or listening. Thank you for listening to us. I'm Deborah Eckerling. This has been either, depending on where you're tuning in, uh, I do Gold Chat Live every Monday at 4 p.m. And every Thursday, a new episode of the Dev Show podcast gets released. 
which is basically this there. Um, thank you for choosing yourself and your goals and spending time with us. You want to be an entrepreneur. If it's in your bones, you know it. So go on out there, go for it because we know you can do it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.